We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Winning your office's fantasy football league earns you more than just bragging rights. If you got some winnings, they can add up to even more rewards with a savings plus account from Emprise. Save faster than ever before with Emprise Bank. Member FDIC, our partners in possible. Uh, and actually, I got, I got a little fantasy. I got a little fantasy league uh, winnings uh, here. Actually, so I might have to go. Braggart. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I I just want you guys to know, uh, Chief in Carolina and Barley Hop Craig stop my line. I took second in two leagues this year. So, so you uh, lost twice. Yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hopefully the Chiefs don't lose twice in a row. And we're here to talk about a game preview edition for. Chiefs Broncos Chiefs on the heels of their loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. They'll be playing the Denver Broncos to kick off the opening or the, the season finale uh, of the NFL regular season on Saturday. It's going to be great. So uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of different things with my dear pals. Like I said, find them on Twitter at Chief and Carolina, Maddie Lane. Hello. How are you? Your shirt, your $4 shirt looks great. Listen, this this was a very nice $4 shirt, so I appreciate it. I would like to say thank you. Secondly, we are going to be talking about this Chiefs-Broncos game. And if you want to hear from the other side, you should jump over, check out Cover 2 Broncos podcast with Joe Rolls. I was on there, just recorded a podcast before this with them. A lot of good talk there. You know, we got it a little bit more detailed than uh, and went for a little while. So it was a lot of fun. You guys might like that from seeing it from the Broncos side. Now, on to this. Guys, Craig, Kim, I haven't recovered. I was in draft mode before that Bengals game started. I was ready for my two weeks off. I was ready to spend the next two weeks only watching college football, only caring about college football, only watching draft prospects. I haven't recovered. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not coming back until we get past the wild card round. I'm checked out. You guys got to carry the show. I'm just here to show off my $4 shirt. And if you guys have a draft prospect question, you can lob it my way. But until then, I'm out. I like the idea that, like, we're going to be talking about a playoff game next week. You know, it's like, hey, Chiefs versus Chargers coming up, and Matt's going to be sitting there being like, so about Sauce Gardner. Let me tell you a little something. Seven seed, they don't really exist. <laughs> See, yeah, he's just he's just checked out. He Maddie was so committed to the bye that now he's just not going to cover 
the next two weeks of Chiefs football. That's it's what you're be, telling me. It's gonna be the, uh, the Chiefs are gonna be playing Cincinnati uh, in the divisional round, and Maddie's gonna be watching Cincinnati Bearcats. Tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm here for the divisional round. I'm just gone until then. Like I'm coming back <laughs> for the rematch because in my mind they already won. Like I was set. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoff outlook just to make sure everybody's on the same page, understands. Like, I know a lot of y'all know the scenarios, but maybe not everybody does. We'll talk a little bit about that. I uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll we're, you know, normally what we do with the divisional games, the times that the Chiefs play two teams, the, the second game proves a little bit different. We try to mix things up a little bit, especially with week 18, uh, the Broncos having absolutely nothing to play for. Uh, a very interesting day. So, you know, just just first off the top, obviously the Chiefs do have a chance at the one seed. Um, they it's going to take uh, it's going to take uh, Davis Mills and the Houston Texans pulling off yet another upset of the Houston Texans. It has happened once. It has happened once, guys. Give me the percentage chance that Davis Mills goes full Fitz Magic and leads the Texans to a victory over the Titans uh, this week. Maddie, give us the percentage chance of that happening. Well, Davis Mills has been the best rookie quarterback this year, so that gives them a fighting chance. There you go. Unfortunately, the Houston Texans, I believe, not only are a bad football team that I'm sure a lot of guys have checked out on, and that I'm sure a lot of guys are going to have nagging injuries, but also I'm pretty sure they're going through a spout of uh, the COVIDs right now. So I don't even know what that roster looks like. It might look worse than like the bargain bin, barely eligible NFL players already. 0.5%. There's a chance, but not much of a chance. Woohoo! Man, ye of little faith. I'm going 88% chance. The Houston Texans win 88 for my man Jordan Akins, who's going to have a career day catching passes. <laughs> Is Davis he Mills. No, he's 88. He, not his age, his number. His number is 88. My dude, Jordan Akins. Good light him up. Watch, watch him have three touchdowns. Then you guys then come talk to me. Jordan Akins was drafted in uh, in the 2018 and or 2019 NFL draft. He's 29 years old. No, 2018 draft. He's 29 years yeah. old though. Shout out Jordan Akins. Uh, ESPN has it as a 25 percent chance of the ten- of the uh, Houston Texans being the Tennessee Titans. I'll take it. No, seriously, that's, seriously that's though, how high. bad? How bad is that? Like that's how little teams or you know Vegas, ESPN, anybody believes in the Titans. Like it, th- that Houston Texans team has no business being in a game with the number one seed in the AFC. If that's the Chiefs, it's a what a three percent chance. Like it, it's a nothing chance. It the really Lions is. got Derrick Henry back. Well, well, not for this week. Him. Not no, for this they week. activated him. The, the line's 10. Uh, I don't think it's a very good chance of happening. But I, I'm just I, – the Chiefs – If the Chiefs, we were talking. The Chiefs lost somehow to the, the Broncos, and kind of things hold court the way we expected. The Chiefs could wind up being the four seed in the AFC. But here's my question. Would you rather play New England, Tennessee, and then we'll call it – I don't know. We'll call it the – we'll call it the Bengals. Would you rather play New England, Tennessee, and then the Bengals, the last two games uh, on the road, or would you rather play, I don't know, the Chargers, the Bengals, and whoever comes out of the other side of the bracket? That one. That, that one. one. You that's would. the one I want. That's the one I want in Arrowhead. Like that's that's uh, that's what I like. That's what I want in that one. I feel like this Chiefs team 
has not played the Chargers with a full-strength squad yet, and this is probably going to be the most full-strength squad. Like, we got done talking about that Chargers game a couple weeks ago and saying, man, they really miss Willie Gay, Chris Jones, Legereus Need. They're all back. Like, give me that matchup again. I want to see it again. Patrick Mahomes looked good in that game. And that I fully, I know they're just coming off of a loss, but so many dominoes had to fall in the exact right way for that Bengals team to beat the Chiefs. Give me them again, this time in Arrowhead. Like, that that game, I I have more faith in that game than I do against the Chargers, and I want the Chargers. So give me that route. Hard opposed. I do not <laughs> want to face the best quarterback run in the AFC playoffs. Why? No, 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 no. I will sacrifice home field advantage to not play all of the best quarterbacks. That is not what I would like. When there's like things, if I'm creating like a hierarchy of what I want to see as a playoff matchup, the very first thing on there is worst quarterback. That's what I want to play every single time. If we're comparing Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and whoever versus like Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill, Give me the option that brings me Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill 12 out of 10 times. I don't care where that game is played. It could be played on the moon. Give me <laughs> the game against Mac Jones and Ryan Tannehill over having to hope that you can hold down Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Now, I realize the Bengals were in both scenarios. I get that. But it's just the Justin Herbert one. I don't. I think you're putting another offense in there that can absolutely score toe-to-toe with sure. the Chiefs. No mm-hmm. chance. Nope. Don't want it. I think the I, Titans are the worst one seed ever. I think they're fake good. I don't think that I here's here's my prediction. I think the Chiefs are getting the two seed. Oh wow, big stunner here. I, I know mm. I'm giving away my prediction Surprise. for this game. I think the Chiefs are gonna be the two seed. I think they're hosting the AFC championship game in Arrowhead because I think someone's beaten the Titans because I think the Titans are fake good. I think they're the worst one seed that we've seen in a long time. And I look forward to I really I hope it is I hope it's uh I hope it's Chargers. I hope it's Bengals. I hope it's Bills. I hope it's the redemption tour. I hope the mm-hmm. Chiefs get a chance to get re- redemption on all three of those teams. <laughs> Maddie is not having it. Why? Maddie, you Maddie. already won and earned the Super Bowl that you needed to. I don't want a hard Super Bowl. You what? can literally no. give me the easiest Super Bowl ever. I Hold do on. not want to go through the but, the murderous no, row of quarterbacks. Maddie, you're also like the guy that is very easily the most dismissive of the one seed. You're like, eh, two games, three games, what does it matter? I don't know. Like, so like this just juxtaposition that I'm seeing here right now does not make sense to me. I just don't want to play good quarterbacks. Like, I think if one of these don't play good quarterbacks, I don't care how strong the Super Bowl ring is at this point in time. I don't want to play good quarterbacks. I hope the I hope the Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs in the NFC if they're still alive, and I hope they get to play Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. I don't care. Play the worst quarterback possible. Also, sidebar, Craig, remember how we always wondered how come Tennessee Titans fans got mad at us in the comment section? <laughs> Clip kids ran over there. My guy's going in on the poor Titans who have a stranglehold on the one seed. All they have to do without their best player is beat yeah. the Houston Texans. Yeah. Oh, no, no, A.G. Brown's playing for him right now. I listen, I listen. <laughs> I said that a couple weeks ago, and y'all went, well, I don't know about this. Look at that Titans team now. A.J. Brown has revolutionized that offense again. Having him has made a difference. They're going to beat the, the Texans. I think the Chiefs are going to win on Saturday. Whoop, that spoiler for the end of this episode again, but... I think that I think that they're going to beat the the Broncos on Saturday, and I think it's going to be pretty much chalk in the AFC. This is a week eighteen that the NFL added, and there's like one game 
that matters yeah. in it so right now. Is and the it, only option for the seventh seed is that the only the Chargers Raiders that can matter, or can somebody else sneak nope, in there? No, nope. uh, if the Raiders win because of their victory over the Colts, they would actually leapfrog them, and the Colts would be the seventh seed. In oh my God, scenario. give me the Colts! You guys haven't even <laughs> talked about getting to play Carson Wentz, and you're over Listen, here talking about going through MVP Mr. candidates. <laughs> Mister Man over here talking about all these good quarterbacks and who's going to play who, and you think that the Vegas Raiders are beating that Chargers team. Listen, listen, this is the last time that we're going to talk about good quarterbacks playing the Chiefs uh, on this podcast tonight because we are now going to pivot to talking about the Denver Broncos. Oh, uh, you see what I Broncos. did there? Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to mix things up a little bit. We're going to go three things that we want to see, three things we don't want to see in the Chiefs-Broncos matchup in Week 18. And I am going to, I'll start with something I want to see. Uh, and yeah, this is, this is, this is pretty, uh, this is pretty ambitious, but I, I want to see a visor on Patrick Mahomes hat or head in the second half uh, closer <laughs> toward, I you know, hope maybe, you know, hopefully the entirety of the fourth quarter. I want this game to be out of reach to a point where the Chiefs can rest some guys because they have squandered their opportunity to rest a lot uh, in the first round of the playoffs. And now they, you know, they're getting an extra day. I, I, I want to try to reduce the workload as much as I can of the starters. Um, I am hoping the chiefs get out to a big lead early. Uh, I'm hoping that they can kind of manage and sit on the football for the majority of the second half, keeping this team healthy. You know, the, the things you want, you want to be healthy. You want to be playing your best football at the right time. And the chiefs are largely healthy. Uh, they've, shown flashes of playing excellent football for the majority of the second half of the season. Uh, offensively starting trend more better in the second, you know, recently, but that's what I want to see. I want to, I'm really hoping that the chiefs can just come out there with some intent and, and get some guys rested and not have to, you know, play a ton of snaps heading into a big stretch that now includes an extra game in their pursuit of a Super Bowl. So let, let's go down a random uh, street alley here. How many points do the chiefs Whoa, have on. to be? <laughs> How many points do the Chiefs have to be up on this Broncos team before you feel like the game is out of hand and they can just start burning clock? Because famously, Andy Reid sat in the ball to end the first half, the last Broncos game, and they were not up by that much. So what is the what is the magic number to where you feel like the mode transitions from scoring points to put the game away to, okay, now we're just going to sit on it until we can put the backups in? Now, to be fair, this, this Broncos team is insanely depleted like they are ridiculously depleted and i mean uh, jeff and mike on -on one-on-one earlier this week talked about how you start getting up on a team in the last game of the season they got nothing to play for all of a sudden they start thinking about cancun like i I don't (laughs) think i don't i don't think that it's going to be a particularly big lead to make this broncos team roll over a little bit now don't get me wrong. Drew Locke has something to play for. He really does. Like he he's trying to audition a little bit here, but there's a lot of other guys on that team that are just going to be looking at this and going, man, we just want to be healthy too. I don't want to spend all off season rehabbing. So I think a 17 point lead at the half might be enough to put mm. this thing on ice. Ooh, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say 20, I think 20, 23, that range. Like if the Chiefs can get out ahead, you know, to that kind of clip, I think they can kind of coast into the second half and uh, and manage that a little bit. Um, I would be very mindful of try- <clears throat> trying to get Mahomes pulled as quickly as I think I possibly can. 
I mean, that's the big one. You know, Chris Jones, come to these other guys too. Like you could oh, probably, yeah. you could probably think about that too. But I think that's clearly going to be the goal. As I, I, I would expect the Chiefs to come out super hot. They're going to come out with real stuff because I think they're going to want to put this game away as quick as possible for that reason. Like we've seen them throughout the second half of this year try to rest guys, but we've seen them come out and try to rest guys. So they, they've come out after the bye week and heavily rotated, even in games that mattered a little bit more. So like I do think there will be a concentrated effort to try to jump on a little bit of an early lead. And so they can pull it back and get some guys some rest. One more thing, thinking about that really quick. I one thing you, I bet you the Chiefs throw some stuff out there. Just some they're Just they're some gonna junk. They're some gonna junk throw, for teams they're gonna to keep throw, up with. Absolutely, yeah. Wow, gonna, way to steal what I want to see, Kent. All right, well, Maddie, <laughs> I, you know what, Maddie, it's your turn. I'm Go like in. Steal, I want to see what you want to see. Uh, you can jump back in later, but um, I want to see some vertical plays. I want to see the Chiefs just attack downfield because they don't do it much anymore. Yes, they found some success for the Bengals on some explosive plays. It's mostly cross-field stuff or deep corner routes. I want to see them actively attack downfield, even if it's not successful, but just to make teams look at this going into the playoffs and think, hmm, this is back in the playbook now because the Chiefs have been terrible attacking vertically, especially on the outside. They've accomplished nothing doing that this year, but you need to at least make teams think that you're going to. So I want to see them show some more actual vertical home run shot type action plays and get something on film so teams pay attention to it. The Broncos are going to be most likely without Patrick Sertan. They're probably going to get a lot of Kyle Fuller playing on the outside, who's been burned a lot vertically when he's playing on the boundary. Kareem Jackson isn't playing. Their only other safety they're going to put in there is Caden Stearns, a rookie who had a strong day three grade in the KC draft guide. Not going to have the defenders on the back end to protect deep over the top. I want to see the Chiefs, even if it's not working, just put a lot of that on tape, even if it means you maybe sacrifice a second and five or something, just because I want you to make teams prepare for it in the playoffs. Teams don't respect it right now. The Bengals played single high against the Chiefs almost all game besides when they switched it up to Tampa 2, but that wasn't to stop the outside shots. That was to protect the middle of the field. Teams do not respect the Chiefs beating them vertically on the outside. They Bengals lined up Shinobi Awuzi against the slot fade on Tyree Kill one-on-one and said, ha, beat us, and it wasn't even close. The Chiefs did not. Challenge them vertically so teams in the playoffs think you might do that because that's going to open up everything else that has actually been successful throughout this second half of the season. I mean, yeah, and when you look at the way that the Chiefs have attacked defenses recently, it's been a lot of run game, it's been a lot of shorter stuff, they've actually gotten into a little bit more of the intermediate stuff as they've been able to buy Patrick Mahomes a little bit of time, so they've established, hey, if you're going to lay back and you're going to play those, you know, two deep shells, or you're going to, you know, try and keep the tent over the top of this, we, you know, we know that you're going to take everything underneath, so yeah, you got to make teams respect those deep shots it's been a while since we've seen them McCole Hardman last week was the first one in a while and it it got us all ridiculously happy because it was like oh hey there's the vertical offense we want to see more of that this is the prime time to do that yes it's a depleted Denver Broncos team yes they don't have a whole hell of a lot to play for other than maybe Vic Fangio's job here and we'll see if that even really is a thing or not either but you know if they're going to play some of that single high stuff if you're going to see some rotation maybe late rotation get vertical get vertical on these teams 
take those shots. You need to get them into the groove. You need to force teams to maybe think about playing that too high stuff again. That way you're not just running into loaded boxes. We've seen what Daryl Williams and Derek Gore have done when they've had light boxes to run into. It's been effective. We've seen what the Chiefs passing game looks like underneath. It's been effective. So you've got to be able to open that back up again because if you allow teams like the Bengals to play in single high, rotate that safety down and try and plug everything up and it just kills your offense, that's a bad look. You're going to see a lot of that in the playoffs and it's going to be tough sledding for that offense. I don't think it's just the vertical passing game though. Uh, that you're going to see. Like, I genuinely, I think you could see the Chiefs throwing a bunch of stuff that they're not necessarily in planning on building on top of. Uh, hmm. You know, this is, you know, this is something a lot of teams tend to do. Uh, you know, I, it, I can't, I just got really sad that they're going to run gap schemes. All, yeah. All oh, um, no. That might be, <laughs> that might be one of them. Like, they might just break some tendencies there. And they're going teams. to anyway, though, because Clyde's not playing. Oh, that's yeah, true. That's right. they, they only wait till Clyde's not in there and then they run gap scheme and have success. Then we wonder how come Clyde's the least. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply efficient running back anyway. well anyways yeah like i you know sometimes teams are just trying to throw stuff on tape to force you to prepare for it so you might see honestly you might see a couple trick plays you might see um some looks and some formations and some concepts that they don't typically run or they try to add you know like craig said tent breaking tendencies you know increasing the volume of something um to to force you to prepare a little bit differently Teams are always trying to steal time. That is a that is a phrase that you hear. Steal time during the week, uh, and sometimes the looks that you're you're seeing thrown out there are are set up, you know, to build off of moving forward and and put something on tape so you can you know build on top of it. Sometimes it's just we want you to have to have to prepare for this. So um, it's it's not a this is more of a general idea, but it's just it's a it's good practice and hopefully. Hopefully something will, you know, you know, hopefully the Chiefs can steal some time from whoever they're playing next week. Uh, Craig, 
something you want to see against the Denver Broncos this week? I want to see negative plays out of this defense. Mm -hmm. I talked about it earlier this week that the Chiefs let the Bengals off the hook a little bit too often. Um, The last time that we saw this defense let an offense off the hook a little bit with some missed tackles was this Denver Broncos team and Javante Williams. Javante Williams, excellent running back. I, I, I want to see a little bit better performance against this Denver Broncos team from a tackling standpoint. I want to see guys wrap up. I don't want to see this roll off or try and gator roll them down. I want to see better wrap up, run through pads. They're going to see some guys. They're going to see some players in the playoffs here that are going to take advantage of that. They did this past week with the Bengals. You're going to see Austin Eckler. You're going to see some of these other guys that can make guys miss in space. Javante Williams is one of the best in the NFL at doing that. Now, he is limited, so is Melvin Gordon. So those guys may be, you know, kind of on a little bit of a snap count here, but in the opportunities that they have, they need to perform better because you are predicated on those negative plays, getting into your dime defense and running sensible blitz calls on the downs that you need to run them on. So So third and you, six. Yeah. No, oh no. No. <laughs> yes. So third and six. That's a great blitzing down. So I <laughs> but you want to get to those negative plays. You want to stay ahead of the sticks. The the times that the Chiefs have really struggled is when they haven't been able to get to their identity, which is getting into those third and longs, which is getting into obvious passing situations and allowing Chris Jones, Frank Clark, now Melvin Ingram to tee off. When you're allowing those eight to nine yard chunks on first, second down, it just prevents you from doing anything. And it's even worse when you were in the right spot, you had the opportunity to make a play and get yourself set up for that and you didn't execute it. So I want to see it against a good back in Javante Williams this week, try and bring him down for some negative plays. Yeah, and this is something that the Chiefs defense was missing a little bit against the Bengals. I think it's Craig played that out very well. And that's what this defense bases out of. They are they're not the most sound defense on a down-to-down basis. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of guys that are rotating positions, rotating fits, rotating assignments from pre-snap, post-snap, even once the snap has begun. So when you get a chance to make these negative plays, you do have to complete them. When you get a chance to create a turnover, you have to make those plays because that's kind of what this defense lives on. Now, this is a very good matchup for at least the latter of that, making turnovers, making dynamic plays in the passing game. Drew Locke's going to give you some opportunities. He's 100% going to give you opportunities. But when they get the ball out to their receivers behind the line of scrimmage, when Javante Williams is running the ball, you have to be ready to bring him down on the spot and not let him get extra yards. I actually compared Javante Williams' style of running the football was similar to Jamar Chase last week. And these are the two guys that have probably given the Chiefs the most difficult time to tackle because what it is is they run so violently and explosively in short areas that you don't want to hit them. I think you saw the Chiefs guys that they didn't want to come up and smack these guys head on because they're so dense. They're they can move at such a strong, you know, powerful, explosive speed. It's not fun. Guess what? You got to suck it up. I think the Chiefs were probably sleepwalking a little bit through this last game against the Bengals. I think they thought they were going to win. They were reading how the game was playing out to start. A couple quick stops, a couple yep. easy scores. They thought they were just going to run through the Bengals. They were running the ball well. They were the more physically dominant team. 
They thought they were going to do it. Some execution errors in the second half set them back, and that didn't happen. But you just saw some guys making what looked to be a little bit business decisions or more so just not wanting to put their body completely on the line. This is week 18. Do they want to do that again? Does somebody really want to fly up at full speed and hit Javante Williams when you know you're already going to the playoffs? I mean, what are you what are you tackling him for for negative one yards when you can pull him down for three yards? Like, what's what's the Listen, difference in the grand scheme? You tell me. You tell Willie Gay that, and try and tell me that that man, that man's going to be flying around still. Listen, we got two guys that are going to be flying around. Nick Bull and Willie Gay. They're going to be moving now. Yeah, are they going to make contact with what they're going for? Well, Willie will. He might not hold on, but he'll make contact. Nick Bull's <laughs> left grasping at straws a lot of times when he's moving full speed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about some things we don't want to see. And <laughs> I think uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things, right? Uh, I mean, I, I think we can get this one out of the way. I'm not going to, this isn't mine, but injuries, obviously, like yes. we kind of established, mm-hmm. we don't want to see injuries. Like that's, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go one step here. I'm going to say, uh, I don't want to see the ball on the ground. I don't want to see, and like, that's been a big offensively. I don't think, I think it's been a big problem for this offense. If you just look at big, high level, you know, um, fundamental issues for this offense when things have been bad it's been ball on the ground either fumbles or drops those have been two big things and the chiefs have done a pretty good job for the most part of cleaning up obviously a couple big drops last week but i think some of the offensive resurgence that you've seen late have been some of the simple things the basic things you know the the execution things kind of you know working themselves out they haven't really fumbled the ball as much as they had i i, I don't know it's, it's been a while like they really have not put the ball on the ground very much recently mm-hmm. drops too like just come out and put a, a quality clean performance together early score some points finish drives in the end zone you know continue to to put together good reps of fundamental football on the offensive side leading up to the most important stretch of the season i just want to see Good ball protection, ball security uh, for, you know, 60 minutes. And hopefully 40 of them are your first team offense. And the other 20 is Derek Carr and Chad Henney just not turning the ball over. And I'm going to lump this in there because I think this goes hand in hand. It's not mine, but just like clean execution. Like I don't want to see guys falling down when they're running their routes. I don't want to see Travis Kelsey getting lost trying to ad lib a route when he shouldn't be and stuff like that. I just want to see just very clean execution of these guys doing what's, you know, being designed to do or what's expected of them on that play. I do think you have seen a huge change in the, like the way the ball protection, the way these guys carry the football, you watch these running backs. Yeah. Even when they're fighting for extra yards, you can find Daryl Williams. You can find Derek Gore, even Clyde. But you see these guys really tuck that ball at the end. Like they really have somebody finally got in their ear to tell them what's going on. Even Demarcus Robinson on his few plays, he might still run backwards, but that ball's not out here anymore. You know, he's got it somewhat <laughs> close when he's doing his backwards run thing. Like somebody got on them about that. So that's good. I'm with you. No more fumbles, a clean, well-executed football game on this one. Because like that, I don't know it'll carry over necessarily from week to week, but the Chiefs have been trending in the right direction. It would really stink to take a step backwards in such a meaningless game that at this point in time, and all of a sudden come out of this game with three to four random turnovers, and you start thinking, oh no, is it week seven all over again? Yeah, you. it's kind of a confidence game. We've seen that with when the Chiefs were struggling early. You see Patrick Mahomes' confidence maybe dropping a little bit. You see some of those guys that are carrying the ball, maybe maybe not feeling as confident about the way that they're able to protect it. So basically, just come out and don't drop the ball. And you know a good way not to drop the ball with your liquor purchases this year? Our good pals at McAdoodles coming to Lee's Summit. 
in summer of 2022, you know, they're going to protect you like the Chiefs have protected the ball as of late with your choices. You may come in and think that you need X, Y, and Z for your liquor selection, but then they're going to say, hey, let me tell you a little bit about this thing over here. And they're going to direct you to something you've never tried before, and you're going to love it. And guess what? You're not going to pay a fortune for it. And when you come back next time, they're going to suggest something else and something else beyond that because their selection is awesome. So McAdoodles isn't going to drop the ball. When they get to Lee's Summit, you better not drop the ball by going to a different liquor store. And if you are in the Kansas City area and a franchisee, you cannot drop the ball by getting a hold of Roger. Info at McAdoodles.com to open more of them. That way you can just take advantage of the sweet, sweet nectar of the end zone that is McAdoodles. Oh, that was refreshing. Maddie, give us something you don't want to see. The outside corners repeat their performance against the Bengals <laughs> um, for a multitude of reasons. One, for one, you got to go offensive now. Uh, for one, <laughs> it would be bad if that happened again. So let's start there. But two, I think Charvarius Ward especially is a, a player that feeds off of emotions. I think we've seen it in the past when he's playing bad, things go bad. He blows more coverages. He doesn't play as tight. He doesn't play as confidently. And that matters for his game. He's not the most fleet of foot. He's not the fastest. He's not the most fluid corner. So when things aren't going well and he second guesses how physical he can be, when he second guesses how to play the football, it doesn't go as well for him. So I can't, he can't stack up multiple bags. He, he got abused by Jamar Chase downfield. And I, I get the concept that he was in general good position, but I don't think he played the ball great. And it was just a nightmare matchup for him against a team that will challenge him. This team has the receivers that can do that. I don't know if Drew Locke can have the same ball placement that Joe Burrow did, but he's hmm. gutsy enough to try some of those throws. Like he he will try them. And what does he have to lose? Right, and they have the receivers to do it. So I don't want to see Charvarius Ward lose more confidence and give up a couple more contested catches because I think he his play was trending up as his performance in these scenarios was trending up. I'm not as worried about Rashad Fenton losing confidence. My guy commits blatant <laughs> pass interference and he doesn't care. He's like, clapping. It's just he'll like, have good. He'll have the confidence, but it would not be good to see him abused again over the top or commit a bunch of penalties over the top because I think that's going to give teams in the playoffs just they're going to really key in on that being a weakness. And I think the Chiefs have got by this year without too many teams realizing that. But there's a good chance the Chiefs will see the Bengals again in the playoffs. The Bills have receivers capable of doing that. They're not the monsters, but they have the receivers and the quarterbacks capable of attacking vertically. The Colts have been doing that a lot with Michael Pittman Jr. And Carson Wentz has the arm strength to throw the ball down there. We know the Chargers can if they make it into the playoffs by beating the Raiders. They have. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past the Titans to try it with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Yes. I don't think that's in their wheelhouse, but they would try that. That's something they would do. So I mean, they, they, they've a, got enough sample size there that of this year that, I mean, like, they've A.J. Brown can win outside the numbers, and he can win yeah. at the catch point. Like, there's yeah, no, no doubt about it. They absolutely can. So, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's a lot of teams that can assault the Chiefs there if they show that's as big of a weakness as it looked like last week. Now, am I expecting six for seven or whatever on these passes? No. But even if the Broncos come out and go three for five but pick up 80 yards and two touchdowns or whatever on it, 
that's a problem. And that's what we kind of feared going into the year. So I guess these corners need a better performance, not only for like this game to win it, but going into the playoffs so that teams don't have a, a second blueprint to beat the Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball. That was the issue uh, that when we were kind of coming in and we talked about it in previous years as well, the Chiefs funnel those passes outside the numbers because it's a low percentage throw. And I know I've just talked about low percentage throws so much this week. Just absolutely love talking about it. But that is the case. And for those that are maybe analytically minded, that's where you'd still want to keep funneling it. That, that's where the least completion percentage goes to. So if it happens again, if these cornerbacks are unable to squeeze the boundary, are unable to win at the catch point, are unable to play physical enough to knock the receiver off the route and or basically turn el- or turn your head or eliminate the route even before it starts, essentially. If they're unable to do that, that's going to be an even bigger problem. We have seen teams taking advantage of it. We have seen teams just volume throw outside the numbers. We just got off of a game like that. That's not to say that the Broncos are going to change their game plan and all of a sudden Drew Locke is just going to be winging it downfield. He might, but I don't think we'll see it this week. If we see glimpses of it, though, I'm going to be a little trepidatious going into the playoffs here. So, no, I don't want to see that at all. Drew Locke, a limited participant on Wednesday. That is interesting to me, too, because uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been placed on IR. It is the Drew Locke show or, you know, whoever else they bring up, or is it Kendall Hitton again? Um, Craig, something you don't want to see. Oh, man. I don't want to see much of Travis Kelsey. To be honest, I I don't think that it, and it kind of ties into the injury. So I realized that I'm kind of cheapening that Travis Kelsey has done enough at this point in the season. Uh, he he has been a rock. He has obvious chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't need the reps. And I I think that we've seen him at times this season look pretty beat up, look like teams have played him physical this is the type of team, this Fangio defense, that will rough him up. Like, will they did last try? Time. Yeah, they did last time. They, they will try and hit him late. They will try and take his head off. They're going to hit him hard, and they're going to beat him up a little bit. So, I'm more in a self-preservation mode with Travis Kelsey. I know the last time that we saw this offense without Travis Kelsey, they look fine. I don't want to chance that in the playoffs. So Travis Kelsey, get out there, play a couple drives, get up to a bigger lead. And then I'm fine with Noah Gray and Blake Bell running the show. Like uh, I let them run, let the, let the guys, the, the backups, if you will play with Patrick Mahomes, even if Mahomes is in the game, I'm still fine with just relying on those guys. I would say Tyree kill in that, but I would like to see Tyree kill downfield a little bit more with Patrick Mahomes. I think getting that on tape would be really nice. We know what Tyree Kill has done underneath this season. I think dialing up some of those Deaver shots to Pat to Tyree Kill may take a little while to develop in this game. So I want to see a shot or two of Tyree Kill before I pull him out, but I am keeping a real short lease on Travis Kelsey if at all possible. I fully get that. I think if the Chiefs get up early, I think Kelsey and even Hill could be the first kind of two guys that need to be on heading out, even before Patrick Mahomes. Because you can protect Patrick Mahomes a little bit and still run a functional offense. Now, 
you're not going to pull out Kelsey and Hill and run your same offense. It's going to be a lot of runs. It's going to be a lot of schemed up short passes to these other guys. But I'm fine with Blake Bell, Noah Gray, Byron Pringle getting this work with Mahomes because they're going to need guys to step up throughout the playoffs. So I do fully and get that and embrace it. At the same time, I really want to see young, immature Travis Kelsey put one over on old Kenny Young for mm-hmm. his antics oh, yeah. in their first match. Now, Kenny Young may not play. He's missed the last three games. I think he's been limited in practice this week. So there's a chance they keep a free agent to be jag of a linebacker out because there's Woo! no reason to play him. But if they don't, man, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those few games where you might get Travis Kelsey with a little extra motivation a little bit of that young Travis Kelsey energy with a little bit more smack talk, a little bit more dancing. I mean, we don't need it, but I kind of want to see it because Kenny Young's a punk. He is a chump. I am looking right now to see uh, if we have a status on him. He's not on the injury report, I do not believe, for this week now. So he might have finally be off of it. But maybe they are, maybe he's already been placed on our right. I'm not sure. No, but he that, just I, had missed the last three games, and they had yeah. whoever they've been playing ahead behind him is a young guy that they just might want to continue to see because Kenny Young's a free agent. Like he's available, I just don't know how much he'll play. Genuinely hope uh, Kenny Young gets absolutely bopped uh, if uh, <laughs> if he does play because that dude was was a chump. I remember. Send Blake Bell about. after him. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> get some uh, Noah Gray on him. That young tight end energy right there, baby. Uh, doesn't, oh, you sure? <laughs> it doesn't hit the same. Let's get let's get some predictions for this game, guys. Uh, let's go, Maddie. Who you got? Um, Chiefs twenty-four to three with two minutes left in the first half. Um, they score a field goal going into half. Game's over. They play a bunch of backups in the second half. I think that the Broncos are going to come out with a little bit of juice. I think they're going to come out on their first drive. They're going to throw on first down. They might even catch a couple passes over the top, but it's not a good football team. It's a bad football team. Drew Locke's a really bad football player. Uh, I trust Spee Spagnuolo to pull the sheets over. No, no, no. To pull Drew Locke's jersey over his head and just body blow him to death like it's a hockey fight. Like, that is how I envision Spee Spagnuolo attacking Drew Locke playing quarterback. So I think he puts him in the torture rack and makes him feel incredibly uncomfortable and buries him after that very first drive. Chiefs offense gets a couple nice drives in, and they pull the plug. Here's the best part about getting to play Drew Locke in this offense. Steve Spagnuolo gets to pick up an old game plan, just dust it right off, and put it in front of his players and say, guys, guess what? Not only has that worked once, but it's worked twice. (laughs) And and we're just going to run this again. And we're going to rely on him to turn the ball over, to not take care of it. That defense isn't the same. They don't have a whole lot to play for. I don't expect anything starkly different than what we've seen against Drew Locke out of Steve Spagnuolo in the past, and I think that will be enough. It's just going to be the question on the offensive side of the ball. Can I keep the rhythm that they had in the first half against the Bengals? This is a good Broncos pass defense. Yes, they're beat up. Yes, they're going to be way into some depth, and that may really deplete it, but they are a well-coached unit. They're a good pass defense. We'll see what happens. I think that the Chiefs are going to get into their backups by the end of this game on Saturday, and I think that you're going to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs build a big lead, go out, win the two seed, and then wait to see if they can go ahead and get the one seed. I'm going Chiefs 31, Broncos 10. Craig, I am going with the identical score as you. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I think. Way I to be creative, guys. Sorry, don't care. Uh, Wait, you guys didn't ask my final score. Maybe that was my final score too. I expect the Chiefs to get hot offensively early. I think there's going to be a lot of confidence, uh, you know, heading into. Ha, uh, you know, visor territory. I think that I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get out early. I think the Chiefs are going to start hot. I could see the Chiefs putting up four touchdowns in the first half, like they just did against the Bengals. The difference is, I think this is enough uh, to win this football game. Obviously, I don't think the Chiefs do much offensively. I think they turn around and hand the ball off to Derek Gore a lot. I think Chad Henney, uh, you know, might might throw a, a few passes into the into the flat to McColl, who's probably going to get a lot of run this week. I would anticipate. Uh, and you know, I, I think, you know, I think the chiefs are able to kind of run the clock out on the regular season, healthy and ready to make, uh, a pursuit of a fourth straight AFC championship appearance that is going to do it for the KC laboratory. 31 to 10. Okay. <laughs> That's going to do it for the KC laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.